Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us as we send you into the weekend. We know the tough stretch coming up for Indiana men's basketball. That obviously a big storyline as we head into the weekend and the next games for this Indiana team. But also the IU women with a huge win last night over number 9 Maryland. It was a battle of top 10 teams. That's something that we'll briefly touch on today as well. And a big storyline surrounding the Big Ten Conference. No big surprise here. This has been mentioned and has been rumored. But Kevin Warren, who took over the leadership of the Big Ten Conference back in 2020, is leaving to become the new president and CEO of the Chicago Bears organization in the NFL. So uh, big stuff there. The conference, uh, so many things we talk about each and every day with basketball and officiating and other things. Scheduling has come up uh, that uh, maybe is of concern to Big Ten coaches and I'm sure fans of specific programs as well. But there could be a major, major change top the Big Ten Conference, and this is a, a different time for college sports. If you're an athletic director at a university or you're a conference commissioner, of course, involved with the NCAA as well, uh, there's so many changing things. So much has already changed, and I have a feeling that so much is still going to change. We'll be interested to see where the Big Ten goes to fill this void as the Big Ten on the brink, I think, of becoming either the conference of college sports uh, as far as TV rights and a national appeal across the country goes, uh, or at least at worst-case scenario, one of two. I think uh, Big Ten and the SEC, without question, are set to become the two major conferences in college sports when it comes to basketball, football, and some others as well. So it uh, will be interesting to follow that, and it all happens here right in the winter, right in the middle of a big basketball season so we'll see who some of the names are that surface for that big 10 commissioner job uh, let's take a look at the show lineup for today a service of honey baked ham in new albany segment one lots of news and notes we'll talk iu basketball a little big 10 hoops from last night a couple surprising scores to pass along also the iu women with a big victory last night as i previously mentioned over maryland I was at Jeffersonville last night. We got an early start to high school basketball this weekend with the New Albany at Jeff girls game, and boy, it was not a fun one. It was a blowout win for Jeffersonville outside of the first period where it was pretty close. Uh, it was a blowout the rest of the way, so we'll recap that and uh, talk more 
with you here on this Friday edition of the program. That's the show lineup. Uh, later in the show, I need to add on that Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join us a little bit later in the show. And then also today, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be with us as well. With Dylan, we'll talk IU, the women, what's ahead for the men's team. With Kyle, high school basketball and recruiting. And that is the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. It's been a good week of text on the text line. Really going back to the Iowa game last week, that kind of got everybody fired up, I think, about IU basketball uh, after a long pause over the holidays. But the text line number, save it in your phone, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And again, that number, 502-414-1450. We get pretty good feedback during the season on IU basketball, so send in your IU stuff today as well. But I really want to get more feedback on local stuff. Where are you going tonight as far as a high school game? Floyd Central Jeff is where I'll be at. Who do you think is the favorite? Jeff, I think on paper, uh, could win that game. And if they play to their ability, maybe win that game fairly handily. But it is a rivalry game. It's a big conference game here in the middle of January. Jeff looking to build upon a win over New Albany last Friday night. How about the schedule for the Red Devils, a sophomore-driven Red Devil team? New Albany last Friday, that's obviously a huge rivalry game. Floyd Central tonight, and then Providence uh, on Saturday. And Providence, that uh, Saturday game with Providence might be the toughest of all of them. I think that will be a tremendous game at the Larkin Center on Saturday night. So if you've got one evening to get out, I would make it Saturday night and Providence, Jeff, I think will be a great game. If, if both teams play to their potential, uh, should be a really good one coming up on Saturday night. We'll be there for both of those games this weekend with pregame coverage beginning around 7.15 here on the Big X. Uh, that's the uh, show lineup. That's the text line. Let's get into some headlines for today. Uh, first off, uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, after lots of rumors and it being confirmed that he was a candidate for the Chicago Bears job, uh, has been named the new president and CEO of the Bears organization. I didn't realize this, but Warren really with a great uh, NFL background. He has 21 years of experience as an NFL executive with the St. Louis Rams, the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and, and of course most recently served as a commissioner of the Big Ten Conference from 2020 through 2023. Warren will replace Ted Phillips, who is retiring after 40 seasons with the Bears. He was the uh, president and CEO for the last 23 of those seasons, but that is an unbelievable career for Phillips. And now Kevin moves back into NFL football. So it makes sense. Uh, he's got a big background there. That's where a lot of his work in professional uh, and really in sports in general has been done. But Warren was only the sixth commissioner in the Big Ten. And so the next hire will be the seventh. But I think he will always be known for leading the conference during COVID, number one. Also, number two, for uh, leading the conference in the time of NIL uh, implementation and a lot of changes around college sports, although I do think there's a lot more coming. And probably specifically, 
for the Big Ten Conference in general. He will be known as somebody that really had a groundbreaking media rights deal. Remember, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and the streaming platform as well, Peacock. It's the most comprehensive and lucrative uh, streaming deal or television deal, media deal, I guess is how we should say it, in all of college sports. So uh, I was reading the release from the Bears. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, successes in his time. He founded the Big Ten uh, Foundation to further the commitment uh, of the conference to serve its member institutions, communities through charitable giving and volunteerism. Of course, uh, he uh, led the uh, Big Ten to a uh, un- unanimously vote, excuse me, to admit UCLA and UC- USC into the conference, which will effectively take place August 2nd of 2024, just in advance of the school year and the football season, which increases the footprint of the Big Ten across the country's three largest markets, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Of course, uh, the Big Ten now in all of those markets as well. So a number of accomplishments for him. I think it will be looked upon as a job well done for Kevin Warren, and it's going to be really interesting to see where the conference turns next. I would assume there would be a number of other conference commissioners that would be interested. Uh, Maybe some of the more high-profile athletic directors would be reasonable candidates. Uh, It's hard to tell in this changing world of college sports. Sometime, and I think a couple recent commissioners, maybe the Big 12 comes to mind. He came from kind of a, uh, if I remember, a sports uh, 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 management type background, I believe, or sports entertainment type background. So we'll be curious to see where the Big 10 goes with the next commissioner, that's for sure. Last night, just a couple things to mention in Big 10 basketball. Uh, Iowa beat Michigan, and Michigan has had its fair share of struggles this season. It was an overtime win for the Hawkeyes, but Michigan led that game late and let it slip away. They let Iowa back in there in the final two minutes of the game. The game got to overtime, and the Hawkeyes capitalized on that. So that was one thing that kind of surprised me last night. Michigan, I thought, was going to beat Iowa last night, the way that game was being played out. And then probably the biggest surprise of the season, Minnesota, uh, who's not projected to have a great year, they got their first win in conference play at Ohio State last night. So that's a big win for the Golden Gophers, who need all of them that they can get. And uh, that win just kind of further lets you know where Indiana's at right now here early in the conference. Uh, They are way far down there uh, with uh, their conference record, that is for sure. The IU women last night, maybe that's the team everybody needs to focus on. They are fun to watch, and they beat a really good Maryland team who's number nine in the country. So you had... Indiana 6, Maryland ninth. Sydney Parrish, a junior, had 18 points. Three other players uh, for IU in double-figure scoring, including Grace Berger, who I know is a fan favorite here locally. It was her first home game back from injury, and she made the most of it, that's for sure. It looks like she is back and ready to contribute for this IU women's team as they keep a charge to stay near the top of the Big Ten Conference and see uh, how they fare this year. Uh, That may be where the real excitement is here when it comes time for the Big Ten Conference Women's Tournament and, of course, the NCAA Women's Tournament as well. Speaking of women's basketball, we had the call of New Albany at Jeff on Friday night at uh, Johnson Arena, and it was not a great game, to say the least. It was entertaining early, 
Jeff never trailed in the game. They led 13-7 at the end of the first period. They outscored New Albany 23-10 in the second period, 18-9 in the third period to take full command of the game, and they won 68-49 last night. Jeffersonville having a really good year. They're 12-8 overall now, 4-1 in the Hoosier Hills Conference, and they're right behind Bedford North Lawrence, who hammered the Red Devils to kind of tell you the separation there earlier in the season. So, you know, second place is never what you shoot for, but when you've got a team like BNL that is so dominant in girls basketball each and every year, uh, second place isn't that bad among a, a solid field of Hoosier Hills Conference teams. New Albany, on the other hand, they are really struggling. 3-16 and 16 on the season, 0-4 in conference play. Last night for the Red Devils, L. Marble led the Devils with 18 points. Sophia Reese, she had 12 points. Brooklyn Carter, uh, excuse me, Reese had 15. Carter had 12. So three Lady Devils in double figures. Elena Walker and Journey Howard paced New Albany. Howard had 19 and Walker had 13 for New Albany uh, in the loss last night. Uh, also, kind of a situation to watch. I've heard rumblings about this. But looking at a WDRB story from yesterday, a criminal investigation concerning Lanesville High School students is continuing. And in the story yesterday that uh, goes through some inappropriate touching by one or more upperclassmen on the basketball team, according to Harrison County Sheriff Nick Smith, uh, the story mentioned that uh, the basketball coach, who is Michael Miller, who has had an outstanding career at Lanesville, uh, is going to resign at the conclusion of the season. So that will be a big loss as far as coaching goes. He has been very successful at Lanesville, very much respected in 1A basketball across the state as somebody that is uber prepared and always ready for the challenge. And obviously uh, not sure of all the particulars here, but not a good situation right now. That is for sure. Uh, for Lanesville High School and their boys basketball team. But obviously uh, some students uh, with inappropriate touching, um, upperclassmen on the basketball team under investigation, and that uh, continues. Lanesville put out a press release uh, earlier in the week that uh, updated the situation and uh, kind of detailed things. You can read the full story on the WDRB website. But definitely a uh, concerning moment there for Lanesville High School, that's for sure. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join. We'll talk IU basketball, the schedule that's ahead, the IU women last night, Kevin Warren departing the Big Ten Conference, and more on my list to cover with him. Don't forget to send in your questions and comments for Dylan. The Thornton's text line is open, and that number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. A quick break. We're back after this. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. (laughs) 
All right, we're back on the Friday program. Lots to get to today and the rest of the show. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, uh, my guest. We're going to start with the IU women, and I'll go to the Thornton's text line. Texter says, I love watching the Indiana women's team. I got Big Ten Plus just not to miss any games. They're enjoyable to watch because they are so fundamentally sound. They do everything well. Yes, the women are fun to watch. Indiana's women's team is good. And, Dylan, I start with that because it's a chance to have some positive here on this Friday. The Hoosier women with a big win last night against Maryland, a very good Maryland team. And uh, Indiana gets the win. Grace Berger back uh, at home and uh, scored some points last night looking good. Yeah, it's been great to see. And, you know, Maryland's been a team that over the last couple years has Kind of eluded Indiana. Um, you know, I think they got them once last year, but you know, in the couple of years before that, when Indiana was kind of striving for for a Big Ten title, it was always Maryland that they couldn't beat. You know, in the Big Ten tournament or in the regular season to to kind of get over that hump, and that was so that was a huge win for them last night um, to to get hand Maryland a loss. You know, they're both top ten teams um, to kind of showcase, hey, you know, we're 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 kind of just as good as you guys are now. It was a great win. It seemed like it was a really good crowd there. Like you said, have, getting Grace Berger back, um, you know, what, a couple games ago has been absolutely huge. Um, you know, you, you look like when she went down in November or December, it was going to look pretty bad. Um, but yeah, she's been able to make a pretty quick recovery. So that's been great to see. And they just have a lot of really good players this year. You know, Sarah Scott is a transfer from, from uh, Minnesota. Sydney Parrish is a transfer from Oregon. They, they did a really nice job getting some of those experienced players in. And they brought in some, some really good, talented freshmen as well. So, And then, you know, Cloramore McNeil has, has made a really good step in kind of her development. So it's kind of everything you want in a program. You, you, you have your, your seniors that have been around for a while that are kind of stable. You have some, some young up-and-comers. You have guys develop. You have girls developing. You have, you know, transfers coming in. I mean, they've done an excellent job kind of building this roster this year. And, you know, it was a team that, you know, when you went into the last year's offseason, you're like, okay, they got to the Sweet 16, they're going to lose. Allie Pepper, we all know how big of a deal she was. You know, you're losing a lot, but they did a great job kind of, um, you know, replenishing the team here. And they've been off to a great start this year. And, and they do play very fundamental basketball. They play excellent defense. They've run a lot of really good sets on offense to get good looks for, for their players. They set their players up in, in you know, positions that they can succeed in. So it's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, now now you got to hopefully, you know, strive for Ohio State coming up uh, soon because they're, they're number three in the country. They're, they're leading the Big Ten. So that's going to be the next big team to hopefully take off the list for Indiana if they want to try to win the, the outright regular season title here. So a fun season. And, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully um, more, and more of their games aren't on BTN Plus. Hopefully more of them are on ESPN or, or just the straight-up Big Ten Network so fans can tune in and see them play because it's going to get pretty exciting here down the stretch for them. And, um, they're they're definitely primed to make a big run in March uh, yet again. I mean, winning is fun and having success is fun, but I do think that the texter has a point. Uh, they are very fundamentally sound, and I think that makes watching them and seeing their success even more enjoyable. Yeah, Tara Morin straight up, you know, says it. She keeps it real. She says, you know, if you're not, if you don't want to commit to the defensive end, you're not going to play. Um, and you know, so that so in that standpoint, they they are just drilling these players into the the way they want to defend people. They're drilling them into to kind of how to be sound and 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 doing a good job on that end of the floor. And that's kind of where it starts for them. And then on offense, I mean, if you just watch them, they they run some really awesome 
kind of backdoor stuff to get players open. They run some really good off-ball screens. They're just doing a lot of stuff, and, and it, it, it all comes down to the fundamentals. You've got to know how to screen. You've got to know you know, when, when to cut. You've got to know how to do certain things, and um, they, they do a great job, and, you know, it starts in practice, and um, credit to Terry Moore and her staff, and, you know, this has been something that, that they've been doing for a while now, and, you know, they, that staff has been together for, for a long time, and they really, really have a, a good kind of grip on things and a good hand on things. And credit to the players, too. You know, you got to be committed to doing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you, it's so cliche, but it really does come down to fundamentals, and then it comes down to just kind of your, your want to and your effort. And um, right now, you know, that, that whole team has all that right now. And um, it, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, they, 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 can, they can put up a lot of points. They can really shut people down. They can win grinded out games. They can win in different ways as well, which is a lot of fun to see. So, um, like I said, I think this team um, is, is primed for a big run in March, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, they, they had a tough non-conference where they played some pretty good teams. Um, the Big Ten's always going to be tough. So uh, I'm excited to see how this season plays out for them because, you know, they've, they've gotten as far as Elite Eight. They, they ran in the, a good UConn team in the Sweet 16 last year. So, um, But you know, the way they're playing right now, I think this is the deepest team they've had uh, in the last couple of years, which is a good thing. Um, so I think this this team could do some some real damage. So we'll see how it shakes out for them. All right, Kevin Warren, it's official, is uh, headed to the Chicago Bears and will leave the Big Ten conference yeah. soon. Uh, is that a big loss for the Big Ten? And where do they turn? Who who, who is there such thing as a short list or a ideal candidate that comes to mind? Yeah, I don't know who who they're gonna get. Um, it's it's been a really interesting. It kind of popped up out of nowhere a couple weeks ago when. Um, they said, you know, the Bears are looking to potentially, you know, get Kevin Warren. And, um, and you know, as a as a Bears fan, I didn't really know how I felt about it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess this could be interesting. And you know, I, I know he had spent time with the with the Vikings before he came to the join the Big Ten. So I guess he's got some experience in that realm. So um, I, I don't know if it's a huge loss. I mean, he obviously, you know, did a pretty good job um, with kind of the Big Ten expansion, getting you know UCLA and USC in there. Uh, he's done some other things, but um, you know, I think I think uh, your approval rating as a commissioner is always going to be probably a little bit lower than it is higher, just because um, f- you know fans. A lot of people like to point out kind of the negative things about the conference. Um, you know, officiating is one of them. Uh, you know, Big Ten football divisions is another one that sticks out to me that fans a lot like to bring up about. You know, why hasn't this stuff changed? Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it could be. I think it could be interesting because obviously he did do a pretty good job. Um, kind of pushing the, the the conference forward, kind of seeing what it, what's best for them in the future in terms of the media rights deal, being a part of that, being a part of like I said, you know, adding the the schools. So, um, you know, he's kind of he's kind of a, you know good at forward thinking with the conference. But um, you know, I'm I'll be curious to see who they bring in and 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 how much kind of changes if, if anything really, um, especially at this point. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't really seen any names brought up yet. Um, I haven't really looked too much into that, but. Uh, I'm sure uh, they'll they'll make a move on it quick here because um, you obviously want to get that going uh, pretty soon. Absolutely, uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. Uh, you know, I guess he'll he most will be known for the big television rights deal, maybe for expanding the footprint of the Big Ten Conference yeah. to the East Coast and now the West Coast. Are those the two big ones for him? Yeah, basically, you know, he was. He was a commissioner when you know NIL started, so I guess I, I mean it's not like he was kind of the guy driving the wheel, but I mean he was at least a part of it when when that started too. So I guess there are a couple of big notable things that happened during his his kind of short tenure as Big Ten commissioner. Um, you know he he kind of came in and dealt with with the COVID situation. You know so that was it's another interesting kind of 
um, kind of doubt on his resume is like he just had to come in and figure out how to, you know, were they going to play the football season? I mean, if we, we all remember, you know, they weren't, the Big Ten wasn't going to play. They were thinking like, do they play in the spring? And it was kind of a different thing here, but they finally were able to make that happen. So yeah, he, he had a short stint, but kind of an eventful one with all the things that, that had kind of happened, um, some in control, some out of the control. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, yeah, but I would say, you know, yeah, the media rights deal, which is going to be huge going forward um, for these for these programs and then the expansion will probably be the biggest thing and you know when the when whoever comes in you know we'll see if, if they look to expand a little bit more and just you know i think we're all expecting things to get bigger and you know te- conferences to add more teams but we'll see just quite how many the big 10 will will look at um and and right now you know you got two more coming in so yeah i'm, I'm just curious it's gonna be interesting for sure and those are probably the biggest things kevin warren did um with with kind of the big 10 so I think he he did a fine job, but yeah, definitely still a lot of work. I think some people want to see done in, in the conference going forward. All right, talking with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Uh, Dylan, this stretch ahead for IU men's basketball is very oh. difficult, and looking at some of the scores last night, uh, and including Minnesota getting a win at Ohio mm-hmm. State, which was surprising. Uh, this is going to be a really rough stretch. I, I'm not sure. What to expect as Indiana goes into three games that I think all three of them are very possible losses. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I don't. I don't know just based on what we've seen if if you can really feel good about any of these games. You know, uh, you, you start with Wisconsin on Saturday, and you know this is a program that Indiana has really struggled to beat, home or away. You know, they have to have the big losing streak at the Kohl Center, but you know Wisconsin came into Bloomington last year and won a couple years ago. Um, right before the pandemic hit, Wisconsin won the share of the Big Ten title in the last game of the season in Assembly Hall. So this team is, is, has been able to win here in Bloomington lately. And, um, you know, Indiana's going to really need I, – I don't know. I mean, I, I would, I'm probably calling this a must-win tomorrow just because, I mean, you can't – if you go to one and five, um, it's, it's going to look pretty bleak for you. Um, so, you know, just ha- hopefully, you know, Northwestern game at home last week, um, it was – still not everybody was back yet. So I think tomorrow – you kind of get the full volume of students back in the stands, which which should help uh, you to hope a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's going to be really tough. And uh, I think you know Wisconsin's been you know they, they kind of dropped uh, they they lost to Michigan State or no they you know they lost to Illinois last week and then they lost to Michigan State earlier this week so they've dropped two in a row so you know they're looking for a win here um, and it just seems like whenever this is the case where teams are looking for you know Penn State was looking for a win. Uh, a couple nights ago, and they were able to get that. And, and then, you know, before that, Iowa was looking to get a win, and they were able to do that. Now Indiana's desperate for a win, but Wisconsin probably wants to snap out of their two-game funk, too. So, um, you know, who's going to want it more? And right now, this, well, what we've seen, it doesn't seem like Indiana does. It seems like every other team in the conference is just playing better basketball, and that's including Minnesota, uh, and that's including Nebraska in some sports, too. You know, it's been it's been, been really bad for Indiana so far, and uh, you hope tomorrow is it can can flip things around. I mean, you look at what the the game against Iowa did for Iowa. You know, they they come back and win, and, and now all of a sudden they won at Rutgers. They they won against Michigan in overtime last night. Uh, they've completely turned things around. So all it takes is a game, and you hope for Indiana's sake that with with the home crowd tomorrow, they're able to to beat a, a top twenty five Wisconsin team. But then you know, you, like you said, it doesn't get any easier from there. You go to Illinois, another team who was struggling and figured it out, turned it around. They and they beat Wisconsin to do that. Now they've they've rallied off a couple in a row. Um, and then you got Michigan State at home. So um, it, you, you look at all these games, and it, it's hard to, to think that Indiana can win any of them just just based on what we've seen on the floor. 
based on what we've seen on the defensive end, based on what we've seen and offensively from this team, uh, it's just it's just it hasn't been great. But uh, I guess the thing you're hoping for is they just really hopefully lock in at home, have, get the crowd behind them, and are able to just put together a really good performance, and maybe that turns things on its head. But um, you have no reason to believe that right now, based on what we've seen, and it's been it's been disappointing because um, you just think about how we were how we were feeling and what we were talking about, you know, at, at the end of November and early December to what it all feels like now, and we're only you know not even two weeks into January yet. Uh, it's crazy how things flip so fast, and unfortunately, it's been an all too well familiar feeling for Indiana fans at this time of year. Uh, maybe we're being too hard on this Indiana team. Texter says, Matt, don't you think if uh, you took another Big Ten team and took away their starting point guard and another starter, they would struggle like Indiana? And I think that obviously is is uh, a lot of it, is some of it for sure. But there there's more to this than just those two guys being out to me. What's your take on that? I agree. And, and I think... You know, having Xavier in race is absolutely huge, and you can't ignore it. Um, but to, to use it as an excuse for why you gave up 18 three-pointers to Penn State, I don't think works. To use it as an excuse as to why you, you blew, you know, a 21-point lead at Iowa and you had a chance to win it down the stretch doesn't work quite as much. I mean, there have been so many chances for them to, to really right the ship. For, you know, I don't think a reason that they're out is the reason why you started so slow against Northwestern and just looked so kind of, you know, apathetic throughout the game. Um, so there's a lot of different things, like you said, that, that don't include – I mean, obviously what they do for you uh, in general just helps Indiana be a better basketball team, but some of the intangibles like kind of knowing what to do on, on the defensive side, um, having a good game plan, you know, showing effort and energy throughout the entire game, fighting for 40 minutes, you know, that's stuff that, um, you know, you hope that every player has on the roster. Every player, you know, demonstrates. And sure, Race and, and X are, are definitely guys that, that bring that to the table. But just because they're out, I mean, wh- why is the effort slipped? Why is some of the, the focus slipped? Um, you know, those guys uh, sure help you, but, you know, it, it's something that, you know, you need, to, you need to get some of that stuff right. And that's what I think a lot of fans have seen is it's not that they're losing games without Race and Xavier Johnson. It's how they're losing games. It's, it's how they've looked. Um, just so poor on the defensive side of the ball, um, just so kind of lack of focus and energy, like I've said. So I think that's been the biggest thing that that, fan, that have bothered fans and people just watching the program is, is you know, clearly you're not going to be as good without those guys, but um, to, to not show kind of the, the competitiveness and to not show some of the attention to detail and focus that you need to win in the Big Ten has been pretty disappointing. And, you know, this team is still, uh, I, I think they still have a chance to, to be pretty competitive even without those guys. You still have an All-American, Trey Jackson Davis, you have a, a really good point guard in Jalen Hutchinson who's showed that he can really, you know, score the best of them. And you got guys who have played in the Big Ten. Miller Cops played in the Big Ten. Um, you know, Trey Galloway's played for three years in the Big Ten. Jordan Geronimo's played for three years in this conference. Um, a lot of these guys have have had experience. You know, Tar- Tamar Bates is in year two, and he showed spurts a couple weeks ago. We thought he he was kind of coming on, and now he's kind of disappeared to the background. So um, I think this team is still talented enough to compete and. You know, it sucks that they lost those guys, but I think it's just the way, it's just how they're playing right now, and all that kind of stuff mixed into it is why fans are kind of, it sounds harsher than it really is. Because obviously, you know, you losing those guys is going to make you worse. You're going to lose games, more games than you would have, but still, I think there's a chance for them to, to play a little bit more competitive. And, you know, it starts tomorrow. You're going to have a big crowd, hopefully, you have a big crowd tomorrow that, that's fired up and ready to see you guys get things going. And you need to play hard for a full 40 minutes against this Wisconsin team who, might not have Tyler Wall. He's been out the last couple games. He's really good for them. So 
you know, maybe, maybe if he's out, it, it kind of cancels out one of our injuries. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think I think that's why fans are seeming harsh. Is just because there's a lot of things that Race and X do, but there's a lot of stuff that you can still do without them, and we're not seeing that right now. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor, Seymour Tribune, with us here on this Friday edition of the program. Uh, let's look around the Big Ten for just a moment. I was surprised Michigan, who's had lots of struggles, thought they were going to beat Iowa. Then the game goes to overtime. Iowa gets the win there. And then also last night, Minnesota got their first win at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Both of those results, at least Michigan being close, and I thought should have won that game, very surprising. Yeah, really surprising. I was shocked at the Minnesota result for sure because – you know, even though Zed Key was kind of hurt and he came back last night, I think. Um, so it's an Ohio State team that almost beat Purdue um, just last week on their home floor without uh, Zed Key got hurt in that game. And, and for the, for Minnesota, who has kind of been not, you know, that was their first conference win last night. Um, they've really been struggling. For them to come in there and win that game uh, is a really big deal for them. And then, yeah, I mean, the Iowa game, I mean, it felt like Michigan definitely should have won it. Obviously, Iowa had that crazy four-point play at the end to tie it and force it to, into overtime. But, yeah, I mean, you, that, that just kind of goes to show that on any given night, you know, you, you can be beat in, in the Big Ten. Um, and, and that's why it's concerning for Indiana because you look at the schedule and there's no really kind of like get-right games. You know, even you know after you know, this tough three-game stretch, you go to Minnesota. Well, after last night, um, do you feel confident that this team can go and win at Minnesota? I don't know. I mean, you, you'd hope so, but still you don't feel extremely confident about it. So, yeah, this is a tough conference. It's going to beat up on each other. Um, I think the conference winner, you know, I don't think people are going to go 18-2 and two or 17-3. and three. I think there's going to be teams with, you know, six, seven, eight losses that are to, toward the top of the conference. So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bloodbath um, throughout the rest of the way here, um, which is kind of what we get used to here in the Big Ten. And I think the biggest thing for Indiana is, you know, can you um, find a way to kind of crawl out of this a little bit? You know, if you win this game, if you, you know, you, you avoid going four games under 500, you're, you're two and four. You know, you hopefully you can string together some stuff coming up. But, yeah, um, it's going to be tough. Every night's going to be a really battle in this conference. And, um, you know, I, I don't know who the best team is right now. Uh, obviously, Purdue and Michigan State both have the best records. Um, I think Michigan State's looked pretty good as of late with getting Malik Hall back. Um, I think Purdue obviously has had some good wins. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who, who's playing the best right now. You still – so I think, you know, it's going to be a – it's going to be a – it's still open right now is what I'm trying to say. And, um I think, you know, every team is going to have a chance to beat any team on any given night. So you got to come ready to play. And, you know, you hope for an Indiana team that's at home tomorrow against a, a better Wisconsin team that, that they're able to kind of pull off. So I don't even know if you consider it an upset. I guess you might. But um, Indiana just needs to win tomorrow really badly to kind of get back. Um, I don't even know if you want to say into the race, but kind of just get back into, you know, get some confidence back for them and, and hopefully get things going in the right direction. Because all it takes is a game, like I said. You know, we've seen examples of it with Illinois and Iowa. Um, just just a couple weeks ago uh, for them to get things going again. So hopefully you can see that with Indiana tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be tough, but um, you know, the Big Ten is tough, and that's what you sign up for. Yeah, I love the, uh, the these Big Ten games. Uh, obviously, don't get a chance to watch all of them, but, man, if Big Ten basketball's on, it's typically, uh, it's typically good. And uh, I think a lot of teams competing for spots in the NCAA tournament this year. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, thanks for the chat. And uh, we'll do it again next Friday. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. A little bit of a recruiting note as well as we get ready to go to commercial break. Indiana has offered a player named Travis Perry from down at Lyon County, Kentucky. This guy is he's an interesting prospect. 
He's the son of a coach. The coach is his father there at Lyon County. Uh, he visited IU last May, and his uh, Lyon County, Kentucky team played at the IU team camp in June. This dude has over 3,700 points already as a junior, and it's just January 13th. He is very much expected to become the all-time leading scorer in Kentucky boys' high school history next season as a senior. He trails only Kelly Coleman, King Kelly Coleman, on the all-time scoring list. And Coleman, uh, way back in 1956, finished with 4,337 points. Uh, so this is an, a, a guy that can fill it up, that's for sure. In fact, he went against Reed Shepard, who Indiana flirted with, but really Shepard ultimately was headed for UK the entire time. Uh, Perry scored 45 points on 17 of 26 shooting in that matchup last weekend as his team was victorious over uh, Shepard and his North Laurel team. That was a big matchup down in Kentucky high school basketball. So I don't know where Kentucky stands with Perry. Of course, there's a lot going on right now with Kentucky and their struggles as well. Who knows what the future holds, but Perry, definitely an interesting prospect out of Kentucky, and we'll see where he goes. We'll head to a commercial break. Final segment of the show, final segment of the week is next with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk more high school basketball and recruiting topics with Kyle when he's with us. And don't forget tonight, Jeff Crawford with me, 715. Pre-game coverage begins, Floyd Central at Jeffersonville here on this Friday evening. And Saturday night, we've got Providence hosting Jeffersonville. Two big ones, two rivalry games coming your way this weekend on the Big X. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday program. Before we get to Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star, a really cool story somebody just sent me from a great friend, Rick Bozich of WDRB Sports. You know, we mentioned Grace Berger. I always talk about her when we talk IU women's basketball because even though she attended high school over at Sacred Heart in Louisville, she's got a great family connection here to New Albany and Southern Indiana. And last night, not only did she return to Assembly Hall after the real scary injury from out there before the holidays in Las Vegas. But she had a big performance last night, 11 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, and 4 steals. But she had, hours before the game, lost perhaps one of her biggest fans, her grandfather, Bob Smith, who died Thursday afternoon. He's in New Albany, a New Albany resident. And I know a lot of that family, so our thoughts and prayers to uh, Mr. Smith and his family. But pretty neat uh, deal there. Grace returns and uh, has a big performance, and I'm sure in honor 
of her grandfather, Bob Smith. So I did want to add that to some commentary from earlier in the show about IU women's basketball. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with me right now. Kyle, we're gearing up for a big Friday night. We've got Floyd Central and Jeff tonight, and then Jeff and Providence on Saturday night. We're getting into that time of the year, at least here in southern Indiana, where there's a, a real good rivalry feel here on a lot of these weekend games. Yeah, I kind of made it down that way somewhat uh, last Friday for uh, Brownstown Central and uh, Jennings County, and uh, you know that was uh, uh, pulled up to the. I had to uh, something to do right before I left town, so I kind of got there, you know, almost as the uh, JV game was getting over with, and and uh, the parking lot was just completely packed. You know, you pull in, and it's like, wow, this is uh, you know not not unusual necessarily, but like, all right, this is going to be a fun atmosphere and evening and uh it certainly was and it was fun to see you know a couple teams i don't get to see that often and you know really cool to see uh, jennings county which uh you know they're having a great season and you know i haven't won a sectional in a long time i think 2005 was their last one so uh you know pretty fun team to watch you know uh, jack benner uh, set the all-time scoring record there for the school uh, that night but uh jennings county got the win and then you know the following night had a you know tough game with the uh, Center Grove, and they lost in a close one, but a really good team uh, down there. And I think they got a chance to uh, to do some things this this season potentially. I'm sure a lot of New Albany and Jeff and Floyd Central fans that uh, all play with Jennings County in the Hoosier Hills Conference, and of course that same 4A sectional at Seymour, have heard rumors that the Jennings County Panthers can really shoot it. They might be the sectional mm-hmm. favorites, and you had a chance to see them. Based on that result, Kyle, I got to think they got a great chance to win a sectional this year. Yeah, the only, you know, the the thing when I watched them, you know, even the warm-ups, I'm like, are they, uh, you know, they don't necessarily, they don't come off like maybe the most athletic team, but then you start watching the game, and it's like, well, okay, I can see why, you know, I see why they're undefeated. Now they, you know, and, you know, really they haven't played, you know, up to that weekend, they hadn't played, you know, the toughest part of their schedule yet either, and I think that's admittedly, um, you know, from talking to them about that, but, you know, they are doing what they need to do to gain a lot of confidence. And you're right. I mean, they, you know, they have five guys out there who all shoot the three uh, at any time. Uh, and I think anytime you got a team like that, you know, you've got, you know, it's hard to guard you. You know, it's just, it's really hard in this day and age if you have all those guys out there who can, who can fill it up from three, you can't guard everybody. Um, so they're not the biggest team in the world. They're not the, uh, like I said, they're not, you know, super explosive or anything like that. But, you, you know, you don't need to be uh, that uh, necessarily if you do other things right, like defend and and uh, hit the three. But, you know, I, uh, you know, talk to Keegan Manowitz, who's their leading scorer. And, you know, it's a really tight team. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of seniors on that team. But then they've got a sophomore named Carter Kent, who's a, a really good player. And, and he, I think he's going to be really good for the next few years. And then, you know, some other guys, I know Owen Law is a, a really good tennis player down there, and he's he gives them a good, uh, he had a really good weekend overall, both those games, and uh, a freshman, his name escapes me right now, uh, Elmore, who, uh, you know, he's going to be a good player for him uh, here the next several years. So they've got a good, you know, it's a good senior class, but then also some guys who are under, underclassmen coming up who are going to be good too. So uh, the fun team to watch. And Center Grove, I know they, you know, they had their hands full, and I talked to Coach Hahn there at the Center Grove. That was a tough game for them on Saturday, and, and they pulled it out. But, uh, you know, packed house and you know, a lot of enthusiasm around that uh, Jennings County program uh, right now. So, you know, it's always fun. I think we you know, told you before, it's fun to see, 
you know, some teams that maybe haven't had that level of success uh, maybe uh, have a chance to. I know people down there from other schools don't want that to happen necessarily, but, you know, it's cool to see that when it does. And, um, you know, they're, they're uh, like I said, they've got a, We've got a lot of tough games coming up, so they, you know, they're they're fourteen and they're twelve, twelve and one now. But uh, they may lose a few more, but I think they are going to be a handful in the in the sectional. Cal Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us on this Friday edition of the program. Cal, it's unbelievable to me, and I think we touched on this last week, but the IHSA pairings come out for the girls' tournament one week from Sunday which means that we're on the downhill trod for the girls' season. Last night we had New Albany Jeff girls on the radio, and looking at the schedules, it's hard to believe. Some of them have three, four games left in the season. Uh, But the girls' season is almost gone, and you know what that means. It'll be time for the boys' pairings not long after all that happens. Yeah, it is. Marion County Tournament uh, semifinals are tonight, and that's when you always know it's uh, starting to get close to the end for the girls. You know, they have... You know, that sectional draw, like you said, next Sunday, and then uh, before long, you know, we'll be getting into the heat of the boys stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, it's getting to that time. But I always look forward to the, you know, the, the county up here and then the city is next week. It's kind of those back-to-back weekends. And then you know, always try to get to some other stories after that that maybe I haven't uh, got to before. But, but, uh, but, yeah, it's a lot of basketball again. It seems like it always is. <laughs> it's a lot, you know, a lot of uh, – a lot of good teams. I mean, the the, the county games tonight. Uh, you know, it's Pike and uh, Lawrence North, and then Ben Davis Southport, which uh, those are some heavyweights going at it. And you know, Ben Davis is the team to beat uh, in the whole state, and definitely this weekend. But you know, they're playing some teams that know them really well. Uh, so that's that's sometimes the hardest part. It's almost a sectional like situation uh, where all these teams know each other so well. And Southport already took them to overtime. Uh, earlier this season so you know i can't wait to see how that game turns out and the, the pike lawrence north game should also be really good but but yeah we're getting down to it it's uh it's it's always when the new year starts it's like all right the, the clock's ticking now so here we go all right cal nedrip the indianapolis star cal i know that the season probably takes away from some of the recruiting angles but uh, any movement with trent sisley or jalen harrelson or uh, any of the big names uh, that that are on the radar right now for IU and so many other Division One programs. Yeah, no, that that you're right. I mean, that kind of takes a little bit of a backseat as the uh, season unfolds. I know I know Trent had a big uh, weekend uh, last week, and he's been going to some games and whatnot. But I think at this point, it's sort of a you know holding pattern a little bit as as, they, as those guys kind of play out their you know their high school seasons, but. But uh, I think for the most part, though, it's just kind of fun to see, you know, how they're doing and, and, and uh, you know, just kind of how their games have progressed. And I know we've talked a lot about those two uh, in the class especially. But, you know, I, I think uh, even for all the high expectations, you know, sometimes guys maybe don't live up to that or, you know, they, they're not uh, maybe not ready for, for to be the – the uh, subject of every scouting report in the you know in the under the sun you know as Trent is and, and Jalen certainly is too, uh, but it seems like those two have handled that all of that really well not only as players but but uh, you know kids who seem like they're really more mature than their age would would tell you so uh, I think even with both of those guys that definitely seems to be the case but. Yeah, I think the the recruiting stuff. You normally don't see a whole lot of uh, movement as far as the uh, you know other than going to games and maybe you know just kind of gathering information. I would say, uh, but other than that, I don't think there's been a whole lot of uh, you know new new news on those two. Kyle Dunn, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, where are you headed tonight uh, or this weekend for high school hoops in the Indy area? 
Uh, both those Marion County uh, games, I'll be at the semifinals tonight, six, uh, Pike and Lawrence North at six, and uh, Ben Davis and Southport uh, roughly 7.30 or so. And then tomorrow is a 7 o'clock uh, championship again at Southport. So we'll see that the Cardinals uh, – you know, if they can beat Ben Davis tonight, they'll get a chance to host that uh, championship game, which that would be uh, pretty cool for that program uh, with a lot of seniors on the team this year. So, uh, But I wouldn't count on Ben Davis losing. No, one, no one's beat him this year, and uh, it's it's pretty tough to do. So uh, we'll see, though. I mean, like I said, all these teams know each other so well. Sometimes that leads to some upsets. Absolutely. Kyle, thank you for the chat. Have a great weekend. No problem. Thanks, Matt. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. I'll be back with you tonight on the air around 7.15 for pregame coverage from Johnson Arena at Jeff tonight. It's the Highlanders and the Red Devils on the Big X, and it's the Red Devils and the Pioneers of Providence on Saturday night, same time, 7.15 pregame show. I hope you have a great weekend. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>